Thanks for joining us today on the Centerpoint podcast coming from the Loft on Main in Danville, Kentucky. For more information, check us out at centerpointdanville.com. So if you're new with us, hey man, welcome. Welcome to the Loft on Main. If not, hey, it's glad to see your faces. Last week it was kind of a little bit of an icy situation, and so we, we sort of made some decisions that, that was in the best of everybody, I believe. So it was one of those moments where just, sometimes you just take a break, you enjoy the favor of what God's doing at home, and, and you lean into it. But we're in this little series called How to Have the Best Year What? Ever. Oh, come on, that was weak, man. There's more than two people in here. How to Have the Best What? Ever. Ever. And so how do you do that? I don't think you go down the line at Kroger and you like you get these little magazines and you you start piling up all these. Oh, how do I? Have, Martha Stewart says this. You know, I don't know if she uses accounts anymore. But you know, you go over here and you know you start looking at this one and that one. And there's all kinds of how to have the best year ever, right? And some of you are like, you know, well, Jason, you don't know how good a year I had last year, <laughs> and you're sort of bragging underneath that, right? You're just like, man, it was a good, good year last year. And some of you are like, I don't know if I could top 2019. 2018 was good, y'all. I mean, you sit, look at my, look at my, yeah, I can say y'all. I, I'm from the county. I'm not from the hood. So, um, <laughs> just saying. Uh, who's from Volco? Come on, anybody? Anybody? How many from Mercer County? See, Harrisburg? Yeah, y'all, y'all hood. Anyways. Um, yeah, you got your Lincoln County, Casey County. We, we're a bunch of county folks in this joint. So we can say Boko. We can say y'all. Hey, if it's good for Paul, it's good for y'all. How about that one? Anyways, all right, so we'll, we'll get settled back in this. Um, anyways, here we go. 2019, it can go two different directions for you. It all depends on how you want to run this race. It all depends on that. And if we look inwardly at this stuff and you're like, hey, man, I had a really good year. But then the other people are like, man, I couldn't wait to 2019 to get here. It was a horrible year. Like, and it all depends on where you're at, where you're sitting with, with who? God. Some of you are like, well, you don't understand. Like, I, I prayed for this, I prayed for that, prayed for this, and it, it didn't happen. Well, well, maybe if you just keep on leaning in and just trust the Father, it, it could be revealed in 2019 that he has something immeasurably more for you, that you just are selfish, I got really quiet in here for that one. But the truth is, we want, we want, and we want. And sometimes it just doesn't happen simply because God's not ready to give it to you yet. But here's the truth. Regardless of where you're at, where your where year ended last year, we're 27 days into a new year. I know it's kind of hard to believe. I mean, we're only like 330-some-odd days away from Christmas. Not panic button. I'm just like, ah! But, you know, it, it is nuts, isn't it? We're, we're 27 days into this new year. How's it been going? How's the new year so far? I mean, the truth is, 27 days ago, thousands and millions of people around the world did this little thing called a what? New Year's resolution. That's right. Some of you are like, uh, this, I didn't know I was going to get quizzed this morning. <laughs> I'm still recovering from the ice storm. Right? We, 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 we set some New Year's resolutions. And where did it go with it for you? I mean, how, 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 how did it, how's it working for you? I mean, resolutions are great. There's nothing wrong with resolutions. I, I encourage you to do them not just one time a year. I encourage them to do them like daily, right? Yeah, yeah. they're, they're called goals. And if you fail, you get up and do it again. You know, last week or a couple weeks ago, we discussed in week one where the, the problem with understanding a resolution is resolutions typically, they fade. They fade. But when you fully devote yourself to something Inwardly, 
it stays. When you fully devote, it stays. And the reason is for that is emotional behaviors, especially trends, the excitement of Happy New Year, right? It, it, it falls because it's all wrapped around this idea of emotion. I mean, I, let's just be honest. We can get anybody to move from here to here. We're all going to do this. We're all going to do that. And everybody's moving in the same direction. And everybody's like, yeah. And, you, and week one, you're doing it. And next week, you ain't doing it. And it's just the truth because it's emotional behavior. But if you inwardly commit to something, you fully devote, and you start to change your life, and you start to, you start to change others. And so what is it that you fully devoted yourself to at the beginning of the year? You see, we leaned into the Apostle Paul's teachings in 2 Corinthians 5.17, where it says, if you are in Christ, and I'll accent that word in just a little bit, if you're in Christ, you, you need to remember something. You're either in or you're out. But if you're in, good things are happening. Because God says it this way, in all things, what? Good. I'm here. I'm ready to go. Good things are happening. And it says it this way, you are a new creation. You are a new creation. You are, you are, you are. Everybody in here, if you're in Christ, you're a new creation. What happened yesterday, what happened last year, what happened two years ago, it's gone. You stay focused on me. You keep moving towards me. You're a new creation. The new is here. Every step you take, the new is here. And we, when we accept this, man, Jesus just makes things so much better, doesn't he? He makes things so much better. It changes who we are. It changes our identity. And so if you're going to continue to look forward and not focus on the past, then we're going to move closer and closer, more intimate and intimate with a relationship with Jesus. And, and this is where he, he says this way. And a couple of weeks ago, we, we identified this as a thought and as a, as a common thing to bring everybody up, back up to speed. To have the best year ever, I have to do what I never. And for some of us, we've never said these two words that came out of Isaiah 26, 8, where it just simply says, yes, Lord. We've never said those two words. We've gone to church all of our lives. We know it here, but we've never said it here. We've never really moved into it. We're just a contributor sitting on a pew. Right? Because you're contributing in a way that's just absorbing space. Most of us would call that a consumer. Man, when you say yes, Lord, it changes everything and you start to contribute in ways you've never thought possible because God's going to use something inside you that you weren't even aware it was in you. And that changes lives everywhere. Get ready. You might end up in China. You might end up in Central America. You might start working with Hispanic community. You might start working with the deaf community. You start working with, I don't know, you fill in the blank. You might become a high school tutor. I can't even do two plus two. That's okay. They'll teach you. It's more about the relationship. Now, two weeks ago, what we leaned into is even further, these two more words is after the yes, Lord, what? Anybody remember? This was the first week. That was the second week. Follow me. You see, I think you can do this. I think you can post this word and say, yes, Lord, and it makes it look good, especially on social media, Right? But when it comes to hit the fan on Monday morning, can you really do what it says? Can you really follow me? You see, Jesus says these words in Matthew 16, 24 by saying, if you want to be my, my disciple, one must deny themselves and take up the cross daily. And what? And for some of us, that's just so hard. It's easy to do this one. 
It's easy to say it. It's easy just to post it. But man, it is so hard to do it, isn't it? Anybody? Or am I just talking to myself? Come on. Well, this is, this is open time. Anybody? Is this hard? Yeah. All right. Just thinking. Just want to break the ice a little bit. This is, we're still okay to talk here. I think this is challenging. Matter of fact, this, in, in my spiritual journey, the two hardest words in all Scripture is these two. Because you have to deny yourself. You have to give up selfishly everything. You, you, it, you no longer can be selfish. You have to be about thy neighbor and God. Because that's what he says to do. I'm telling you, that is hard. It's challenging. It will, it will rock your world this week if you haven't done it. So if you haven't, yes, Lord, post it and put it right beside each other and see what happens this week. I promise, I think it could change some things for you. And see, what we said was this. Uh, we know it's hard. We know these two words are hard and challenging. And, they, and, and for any of us, if in the first 27 days, man, it's gonna, you're going you're gonna to have to do something. So Paul puts into play in 1 Timothy, Timothy 4.17. He says, we need to what? Train ourselves. So some of you are going to the gym a lot. Great job. It, it, even Paul admits that going to the gym is good for you. And some of you are like, no, it's not. Yes, it is. It even says it in the Bible. It's that physical training is good for you. But, but to train ourselves godly, whoa. To, to lean into what God says daily, whoa. It's going to be something way better for your heart because it's changing everything. But training to be godly will change everything in this life, and here it comes, and the after, the life to come. Something there's more out there. It's not just you're living this race for this moment here on this time for some of you. It could be a long time, could be a short time. But it's what matters in the next life that matters by simply saying, yes, Lord, follow me. And so we asked this before, and I want to ask it again. It's a huge question. If you haven't written this, written, if you haven't written this, see, I told you I was from the county. So... <laughs> Over in the holler, you know. Uh, my principal's sitting here, by the way, so I failed that one a long time ago. Anyways, so, you know, here's a question for you. Here's my question. And if this question's not real for you this week, I don't know what will be, right? How much has God interfered with your week? If you have written these two words down, if you have written these two words down, how much has Jesus interfered with your week? Has he gotten in the way? Has he caused you, caused you to make you think twice before you do something? Has it changed the way you're starting to give? Has it changed the way you're starting to serve? Has it changed the way you're living with your neighbor? Maybe your neighbor is your husband because you don't even know him. Maybe your neighbor is your wife because you haven't even loved her yet. Maybe your neighbor is your kids. I don't know. I'm just asking the question. I just think if we say this and we put them into practice, we start to change ourselves, we start to train ourselves, things start to move. Jesus starts to show up and he interferes with our week because it starts to ask us questions. Is that really godly? Now, as we get in today, I want to have some, you know, some information that, you know, 
to, to start to lean into today. And you, where do you start with this idea of, 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 of fear, right? And so, you know, as we just sort of just dove into this whole concept and, and started to ask questions, what I really didn't know how to is how to really lean into the whole idea of fear. And how do you, how do you pull out some information that's so broad and so, spe- you know, you got a big broad area here of fear, right? And so I did the best thing that I knew what to do is I turned to Facebook. Great information source, right? You know, let's just be honest. Mark Zuckerberg should be paying me for the information that I've been posting out there because people are responding like crazy. But I posted, what do you fear the most? What do you fear the most? And let's just say fear is a real thing. Can we all admit to that one? And what I noticed is, is that fear is such a real thing in 2019. It's something we'll face or we're facing or we're going to battle this week. And for Christians and non-Christians, fear is the same. Except as Christ followers, we have a choice to make. And what I understood was fear for all of us can be uncomfortable, crippling, but for Christians, it causes us to stop and say, yes, Lord, it's all yours. And it stops us dead in our tracks from following him when it sneaks in and kills us. And what I noticed was, as is, is quickly as people were responding, there's some people that responded openly and some people responded privately. Some people responded to me publicly. Some people responded to me, you know, at my home. But this is just coming from people. And people started saying stuff like, if I, if I was honest, I'm like, well, you gonna lie to me? You know, you gonna lie to God? I mean, what? if I'm honest, I think that's a funny saying. But if, if I'm honest, they were, they, were just, they were just starting to lean in and saying, you know, my, my biggest fear is spiders. <laughs> I'll put that one number on my list. Okay, thank you very much. The next one, bees. I'm like, okay, okay, bees. And then, and then it gets, you know, the next one, poison ivy. I'm like, what? Maybe I need to go correct the thing on Facebook, you know, and just restart. I don't want any of this stuff. I want real stuff, you know. But then all of a sudden it started getting real. It got really interesting. Losing my job. That's a real fear, right? Being furloughed from all this government stuff. Because, you know, we're, we have no control over left wing, right wing, and I don't even know if there are wings anymore. They're just idiots. Anyways. I didn't get any amen on that one, by the way. Any amen. There we go. We got one. So, we get, we, we, I, I didn't hear any, I, mean, I saw fear when I, when, I, when I saw I'm being transferred. And I don't know how to tell my wife. And I went, wow. I, losing a home. I haven't told our family we're getting ready to lose my home. My child has got cancer, and I can't do nothing about it. Not being able to take care of tomorrow, those are some real fears. And then it really got personable to some people. There's people that sit in here daily, and, and they just say, it's a fear of rejection because no one loves me. I feel like no one loves me. Every time I take a step forward, I don't feel nothing back. Feel fear of failure, cancer, 
purpose in my life. Fear of my spouse dying before I do and not knowing what's next. Fear of just leaving everything here and not fully trusting God. Fear of my son or my daughter being an addict and I can't help them. You see, there was so much more out there. And when I started really pulling back some of the things and starting to respond to some of them, people started privately messaging me. And I was like, what is going on? Man, we just tapped into something for 2019 that's huge. Because fear is a real thing. And I know we have the Bible scholars out there and they're like, well, you know, the beginning of fear is the fear of the Lord. I'm like, you are such a Bible brown noser. Okay, I'm with you and I got you. And, but where are you at in that? Where are you at in that journey, big guy? And they didn't respond. You know, let's just be real. Where are you at fearing who God is? And then I had some people respond this way. They said, a friend or a relative's salvation in Christ. And I just want to say, if, if, if that was you or you know, if that's a concern or if that's a fear, that better be your urgency word for this year. Because if that's a fear of yours and you know where they stand with Christ, how are you praying for them? How are you investing into them? How are you demonstrating who God is to them? How are you dragging them to church? And church is not this arena right here. Church is where you are, what the Bible says, where two or more gathered. And I hope you do it around your table. You do it at McDonald's. You do it with a Happy Meal. I don't care where you're at. You do it. You remember that God's there and you move in with him. Trust the Holy Spirit to change lives. That what? You see, it's up to you to show or demonstrate. Be the example or as Paul says, be the ambassador for Christ. You see, others said this, fear of God, which we know is the beginning of knowledge. But depending on where you stand with God, it can produce clarity for 2019 and into 2020. It could change everything. You see, the bottom line, though, is fear. It's real. And if we want to have the best year ever, here here it is. If you want to write this down, write it down. This is your note for the day. One-liner. Fear is not an option. It's not. Fear is not an option. It's not. I think it would be wise to lean into some of the words that Jesus said to those who who chose to follow him and chooses to follow him because it can change 2019 for us and what happens next. By the way, did you know this? This is a little fun fact. There's over 365 things about fear and do nots. And that means there's one for every single day of the year. You can take one and peel it off, stick it on your Bible, or put it on your post note, put it in your car, put it in your coffee mug, put it in your to-go box, put it in your lunchbox. I don't care. Put it somewhere. But there's one for every single day of the year. Right? You can put it somewhere. You can put it in your little, what's these little fanny packs? I don't care. Whatever you want, got. put it somewhere. Some of you are like, what? I mean, trust me, I'm sure my age, but some of y'all still, you still carry fanny packs. Now you got man purses, so just saying. But what I believe is as people begin to say yes more to Jesus and following him with more passion in each day and every day, what happens is, is, is fear sneaks in in different ways. It just sort of trips us up. We sort of get immune to it for a second. It's almost like, imagine like, anybody sitting in a hot tub, 
First, as soon as you get in there, it's like, ah, and all of a sudden you get acclimated to it, right? You know? And next thing you know, you've been in there for like 20, 30 minutes, and it's like 130 degrees, and you don't even realize it, right? I know that's bowling, but you know, it's those moments of clarity, right? And you get out, and like, you don't even realize, but you're being nuke, and you could go set in something else that's really even hotter. Fear is the same way. You start to just absorb this type of fear over here, and you're just like, this is the normal pattern. This is, this is how it feels. This is what it looks like. This is for me to do my life this way. And you don't even feel the heat on you anymore. You don't even feel the Satan that's just hugging you or dripping all over you or actually holding you back from trusting him more. You're just, you're just literally living in this moment of fear. See, fear is not an option. And I believe firmly that the devil's trying to trip some of you all up. 1010 principle says what? Devil comes to steal, kill, and 2019, he's trying his best already in 27 days to do those three things. Some of you are falling and you haven't been able to get back up. And, I, and I, as I begin to understand that if we allow fear in and to control our, our, our trajectory for 2019, if we can't figure this out and how to release fear over to Jesus, then fear actually dictates the actions that you will take. Fear actually dictates the actions you'll take next. Fear will actually turn tomorrow's page for you. Fear will actually allow 2019 to only stand right here. It won't ever get to there because Satan has tripped you up and held you hostage in 2019. He's holding you back. Let me try to explain it to you this way real quickly. Um, actions are motivated by fear fall into four types of behaviors. If you're taking notes, here's some good things to take. And it starts with four Fs. And, you know, it's just this. I, I you know, thought about this, and it's, it's freeze, it's fight, it's flight, or fright. Now, you know, you can say, well, it all rhymes, but, it, you know, I do live with four kids. So it's freeze, flight, fright, or fright. Say it real fast and see what happens. Anyways, you'll say something else. Anyways, um, but freeze, freeze means, not last week, but freeze means, it could be on Wednesday, but freeze means you stop what you're doing and focuses on, on fearful stimulus moments to decide what you do next. You freeze in that moment. You don't move, and you start to just, oh, if I do this, this, if I do that, and this, and Let's just say you, that you see an email or a memo where you work and your company will be laying off people beginning next week. You freeze. What happens next will determine your actions or your motion for tomorrow. People actually choose either, here's the next two, they choose either flight or fight. And we decide whether to deal with the information learned directly by telling your boss why you shouldn't be laid off in some regular way, or you bring them a fruitcake, or you bring them a cup of coffee. You just, you know, it's one of your choices. It's, it, you, that's what you do. And you, or you start looking for what? A new job. Because you chose to what? Flight. And then when, when, when fear is overwhelming us, when it just holds you back and it just hovers over us, we experience this next word called fright. And you neither fight nor flee. In fact, you do nothing. You know, there's this movie called The Croods. It came out a couple years ago, but it's a pretty cool, accurate thing. When the, when the dark cloud comes in, they had two choices. And what they typically do is they run back into the what? Caves. Somebody's like, what? All right, it's a caveman movie. 
But they chose to fight one time. And they ran up the hill and they saw the sun. And it was an amazing moment. The dad says, I got this. And he's going to fight for their lives. He starts to throw their kids over the mountain. <laughs> that sounds weird. <laughs> Go watch it. But they all survived. They landed in some fluffy grass and it was a beautiful moment. They got to experience a whole new world. It's beautiful. See, some of you are so frightful, you hide back in the cave. You go back to what you know best. You pull back, you withdraw. And what I've actually noticed is a lot of people, (laughs) this is good, (laughs) you actually, you obsess about the layoff, you contemplate it, and then what it turns into is complaining. You take no action, but man, your mouth on social media is pretty bad. You complain about everything, and guess what negativity does? Breeds negativity. Have you not noticed social media lately? I'm just going to go a different way for just 30 seconds in the sermon. Instead of saying something so negative this year, constantly saying, my service was horrible. My waiter was bad. Or this or that, and complain about this and that, and complain about this and that. Do you know how it breeds on social media? Can I challenge you to do something a little different, just a small, from this day forward, can we train ourselves to uplift one person a day? Just one post a day. One post a day and saying, this person was amazing at this and post it and put a picture of them and watch what happens. It will be a chain reaction of changed lives that what? Changed lives. You have to choose. But see, for some of us, we just sit back in that thing, well, no one will care. No one knows. No one sees my post. I don't get any likes. <laughs> Some of you are like, that's me, you know? You're laughing because it's real. You're laughing because it's real. See, we crawl back in the cave. We act like our voice doesn't matter. Man, your voice matters because you have a God who breathed life into you. And this is what ends up happening. So we're controlled by fear. We just withdraw from society. We withdraw from culture. And that's exactly where devil wants you, by the way. He didn't want your voice to be heard. And it might be a con- a constantly in fright mode or held by hostage, and it actually leads us to hopeless, hopelessness and depression and away from God. And we constantly complain, and we live in fear. And we actually drive people away from us. Because no one wants to be around negativity which is the opposite direction of, honestly, where we need to be going if we read the book of Acts. We need to be leaning into God in a way that changes lives and surrounding ourselves with other like-minded Christ followers who want to change what they care about. You see, this is just a small example of some ideas. But let's say a person goes all in with Jesus today. Yes, Lord. Here's my time. Here's my talent Here's my tithe. And then all of a sudden, Monday comes. And you find out you're the one being let go at work this week. Fear creeps in, doesn't it? And what if you're married? You're a married couple, and everything seems to be going great. But there's money missing from your account every week. 
Fear unknown creeps in. Where's it going? What's he doing with it? What is my spouse doing? Why would they do that to our family? When the truth is, they're actually trying to surprise you with their cruise. (laughs) Right? Who knows? But fear creeps in. It could be something good. But fear creeps in, doesn't it? It steals the joy. See, we can use any example we want here. from, From where did he go after work? Is he having an affair? Are my kids safe with that person over at that house? In our studies with our school, our grades, to making teams, to friendship circles, what if I wear this Jesus shirt? Will everybody make fun of me? You see, fear is real, but it's what we do with it that allows us to become more fully devoted to Jesus each day. Remember, 365. 365 changes everything. There's a day tomorrow, next week, that has a verse for it. It says nothing but do not fear. You see, we, what we know is this. Fear is, is part instinct, but part learned and part taught. Fear is also a part imagined. How many has a giant in their closet or under their bed? I love Major Pain, by the way. That movie is great. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Yeah. yeah. It goes up to that closet. If he's in there, he ain't happy. That's what you need to say to the devil tonight. But feeling fear is neither abnormal nor a sign of weakness, y'all. See, the capacity to be afraid is a part of, of our normal brain function. In fact, the lack of fear may be a sign of serious brain damage for some of you. Watch this. <laughs> Anybody? Some of you laughing because you know it was you last week going down this sled. Here, watch this. Yeah, tie that thing up to the back of the truck and watch this hit a tree. Anyways, one too many times we heard this and you know it's real because fearless, what I've learned, becomes lifeless. It just does. And I know I've done some stupid things in my life especially in an airplane. I've done some things that just didn't make sense. And, and, and I had some fearful moments a time or two. Uh, I almost got killed. I almost was injured a time or two jumping off the side of a, of a cliff. I forgot to hook a D-ring up to a rope. That's really important, by the way. And if we're honest, we all have. We've all done something because we just had no fear. But how do we put into application this word fear, especially with Jesus, right here beside us or in us. You see, I watched it control some of some situations even last week. And when Jesus entered the house, it finally changed everything, didn't it? You see, I've, I've watched it overcome people. And even yesterday, I, I watched it literally change the trajectory of how our day went. And so yesterday we went, we took our, we, all of our birthdays, by the way, are like literally within 14 days of each other. I mean, next seven days, we're bankrupt, by the way, so don't come looking for me for money. <laughs> but we have three birthdays. One was last Friday, one was Wednesday, one Saturday. I know, my wife's fertile one time a month. Anyways, <laughs> so she's going to kill me. She's not in here, by the way, so I did not say that. <laughs> Delete that off the thing. All right, so just being real, y'all. I love my wife. Um, so if we lean into that, 
and we're truthful about that. I got some amazing kids that we're trying to train up and teach them how to snowboard because we believe snowboarders are way better than snow skiers. And um, only snowboarders and skiers will get that. Um, but we're having fun. We're training them. We've already taught Maximus. We already taught Mia. And they're still learning, but they're, they're, they're really they're better than they were last year. And now here comes Micaiah. Micaiah's having a blast. And man, but he's, he's not happy because he spent a lot more time on the ground than the rest of them, right? He is ready to give up. And so Sarah, she says, you got him. He's your son. You handle him. I was like, I got him. It's because she just wants to go have fun with the other two. That's what it was. And so I grabbed him. I said, listen, you're going to listen to my Mm-mm. my voice. You're going to listen to my voice. You're going to hear what I tell you, and you're going to pay attention. And I promise you're going to have some fun. Now then, it was a couple face plants later that he started to lean into that one. <laughs> a couple snowballs later going down here, they were just freezing him up. And then finally, he started figuring it out. He started learning. If he's, he's about to fall, just go ahead, go to the ground. Don't, don't fight it. Just, just fall down because you're going to get back up. Makai, you're doing great, man. Keep on coming. And finally, after about two hours, this kid looked like he's going to be the next Sean White out there jumping around. Now, hey, he's only, you know, less than four feet tall. That's that's a big factor in this. He's young. He's moldable. He's trainable. He's listening. And A, he didn't want to get hurt anymore. So he leaned in. He, He really started to put into practice what I was telling him. And literally by the end of the night, Dude, he took on a black diamond. If you don't know what that is, that's one goes, Phew! and he did it. He did it without even stopping, and then he even cut, and he turned around and goes, yeah. <laughs> I was like, you were so my son. <laughs> and so we started going down the hills together, and we just had a good old time, man. It was awesome. But see, I watched fear creep all over that kid's face. I'm never going to get this. He was mad. He was slinging his gloves. He was spitting snow. But after he leaned into my voice, he started really getting close to me and watching what I was doing. He was mimicking what I was doing. He was watching heel toe, heel toe, carve, carve, heel toe. He was watching everything I was doing. And he survived. Matter of fact, he thrived. And then he shows up his brother and his sister. And that really ticked them off, by the way. But it was fun. And now we just got one more to go, and so I guess I'll be helping train that one too. But it was, it was an amazing moment where I watched fear just completely just be ripped out of the proportion because he, he leaned in and trusted my voice. You see, what I know is, is Jesus is screaming at some of y'all, and you're not leaning in. You're like, I've got this. I've got 2019 under control. I can handle this. I've got this. How many more times are you going to fall down before you realize it hurts? How many times are you going to let fear just creep in like, ah, oh, I can't take another step, and you've got a because or a but in front of you? How many more times is it going to take you to understand that Jesus' voice is right here in front of you, screaming at you, if you just listen to me, if you just listen to me, I've got this for you. You see, in the book of Mark, the gospel, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, if you got your Bible, go ahead and turn to Mark real quick. Got your U version, turn it on. In Mark, Jesus was doing some ministry, and he was hanging out in the towns and doing some really cool things in a region. He was actually just being the rock star that he was, if we're just honest. He was walking down the streets, and he was just doing some really cool things. And all of a sudden, he felt a woman reach out and touch him. 
And he knew it was different, right? And so there was a moment there that took place and Jesus sort of encounters this woman and he, and he says, something more happened here. And she, but she had no fear. She, she knew that this was the only way that she was going to be healed if, if she reached out and touched him. And he flat out called her out on it. Who touched me? And she could have said, it wasn't me, but he already knows. See how many people lie like that? I didn't do it, Jesus. Anybody? Yeah, some of us. He flat out called her out on us. I think you did something here. She's like, yeah, I did. I touched you because I want to be healed. And then eventually, because of her belief in that one moment, it changed everything. You see, right after that, it really gets interesting. Is where I want to go for this moment. It sort of sets us up. Because in that moment, there's just some commotion going on, and there's all kinds of things that are really kind of cool that took place. And I encourage you to read it in Mark chapter 5. But all of a sudden, there's this guy named, uh, uh, from the synagogues. He, he's basically a pastor, and he's, and he's, and he's, a, you know, he's a preacher. He's, he's a teacher, and he's, he's in the synagogues. And, and, and in Mark, his, his daughter, his, basically his daughter has died. And his other disciples were just hanging out, listening, overhearing this stuff, and they were keeping him away from Jesus. In Mark 5, 36, though, it says, overhearing this. Jesus, he's got ears everywhere, by the way. If you don't think he's listening, he is. Over the, overhearing this, it says, what they said Jesus told him, he says, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Just believe. Hey, don't, don't, don't let fear, fear keep, you know, creep in here. And otherwise, it says, fear not, just believe in some of your scriptures. Just Just believe. And can you imagine the fear of though of seeing your daughter die right in front of you, your son, in those moments of clarity, and you go running around hysterically, and you're just trying to figure this out, and all of a sudden, you know, no one's around, but Jesus is right there, and you know there's a chance, and, but you really don't believe in what he says, but you, you reach out in any way in faith, and you're like, Jesus, but the other people had heard of the miracles. And some of his own disciples even say this, and this is what's crazy. They, they keep him from Jesus because they, they know that this one, whoa, this is a dead person? Yeah, I, we haven't seen him do that one yet. Like, yeah. He's healed this, 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 but he hasn't healed the, yeah, we ain't got nothing for you. Overhearing this, <laughs> Jesus leans in and says, whoa, 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 come here, come here, come here. Did you just say I ain't got the, I'm about to show you. I'm, do you know who I am yet? Fear not, just believe. Fear not, just believe. In verse 37, it goes on like this. It says, he did not let anyone follow him except Peter, James, and John. You know why? Because he wanted to prove a point. These are his inter camp of people that really are focused on his ministry. And if he can't get them to believe, then we, 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 we up a creek in the ministry. And so he brought these three in because he knew they would be game changers for the ministry. And so when they came to the home of the synagogue leader, Jesus saw the commotion with the people crying and wailing out loud, right? Because they just lost somebody very special. They lost this little girl. And he went in and, 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 and he said to them, why is all this commotion and wailing? Did you not just listen to me? Fear what? Come on. Fear what? And we just talked about this in the street and I'm here. But Jesus, it's too late. She's dead. He's, she's gone to addiction. She's gone to this and that. It's too late. My marriage is falling apart. It's too late. I'm here. Listen to my voice. Fear not. I am here. This child is not dead. She's just sleeping kind of heavy. 
but it's asleep. The child's not dead, but asleep. And I love him in verse 40. But they laughed at him. This guy's lost his brains. Like he's been out in the sun way too long. He's probably drank way too much wine. Something's wrong. He did have a first party of wine, right? You read the Bible. Anyways, and you know, who knows what's going on? Maybe he's just in a euphoric moment from healing this other person. I don't know. But they're starting to laugh at him, mock at him. And it says, after he put them all out, he said, fine, if you're not with me, you're against me. Get out. It's right there. And he took the child's father and mother and the disciples who were what? Uh-oh. Peter, James, and John, two others, pulled him in. And they went where the child was. And he took her by the side of the hand and said, Talith, go home. Talith, go home. Come on, come on, this is good stuff. Say it with me. Talith, go home. Talith, go home. Which means, little girl, I say to you, get up. Little girl, I'm telling you, get up. Little girl, I'm telling you, get up. Immediately, it says the girl stood up and began to walk around. She was 12 years old. Now, they were very accurate with this. I mean, they were, they're like, this is important information. She's not like a little baby. She's not a little toddler. She's 12. And at this point, they were completely what? Like, wow, this is so cool. LOLOL. No, they went all, oh, they're just going nuts, man. They're screaming, they're jumping. And you can only imagine what the people on the outside were doing. Like, what's going on? They're trying to see. No, he's already locked the door because they wasn't with him. And he gave strict orders. He gave strict orders not to let anybody know about this. Now, how do you have a dead person now walking and not know? And not tell anybody. She once was jumping rope yesterday, and she's dead today, and everybody knows it. And now she's going to go back there and start jumping rope again. How, how do you not tell anybody this? You don't have to tell anybody when you have no fear. They see it. You ain't got to tell anybody because you're living it. Because it changes who you are when you start to walk on water. When you start to literally walk In the valleys of shadow of death, you know you have no fear because he is with you. Some of you right now need to know. Some of you need to know right now, Talith Kahum. Talith Kahum. You've been knocked down, hurt, you're hurting. 27 days into a new year, you don't know what to do. You're living in a state of fear. Talith Kahum. Get up. Get up to Leith Cahoon. What would it look like for you to just respond in this way? To get up. Just to begin to move. There's nobody else in the room. It's you and God. It's you. It's God. And he's whispering to Leith Cahoon, get up. I want to bring life to you. Stop living in fear. See, being fearless doesn't mean eliminating fear all the way because it's going to be around us. Being fearless means the knowledge of how to leverage this fear. We turn it over to God. 
And to do that, you need to know that there is a giant size God with you, ready to leverage his power of love, to put fear back where it deserves to go. Because it's not an option in 2019. You see, Isaiah 41, 41.10 says this, so do not fear, do not fear. I am with you, I am with you. Do not be dismayed for what? Come on, I am with you, I'm your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Just one hand. Like literally, one hand. He's got you. I got you. It's just like me and my son yesterday. He was getting ready to go over a hill. Really, his mom didn't see that. And I ran, I mean, I skied down and I caught him right before he went over to that fishnet. And I grabbed him and picked him up. And he went, whew. Dad, you're strong. That made me feel good. He said, what are we going to do now? I said, don't worry, I got this. And I started to ski out of a dangerous situation. And I put him back where he needed to be. Right in the middle of the area. He said, thanks, Dad, I've got it now. I said, don't worry, son, I'm right here beside you. I'm watching you. I got this. He said, I know you do. I'll see you down at the bottom. Some of you need to know that right now. There's a God in heaven who's got you by his right hand. And the only thing you have to do is surrender and just say, squashed it with a yes Lord and how we saw him show up just by following him his right hand picked me up when I was weak and put me into some amazing places to make me strong I believe there's people in this room today are living in a life of something has happened in the last 27 days. I just want to let you know, man, there's a God who loves you and wants to be a part of that relationship. But you just got to move. You got to trust Him. things first.
begin to pray. For a husband, you got to grab your kid and your wife and you lead them to the cross. You got to get up and just begin to trust God. Even though you can't dance, you just have to dance. how to snow ski but you just start to trust God and get up and move and trust him. it's going to be okay because today's here tomorrow will worry about itself I want you to just move today and trust him today it's fear it's not an option no more it cannot hold you hostage anymore to leave Cahoon get up it's time to move Jesus, I pray in your name that fear is no longer in this room. I pray that you're moving people with Talith Kahum, just like you told the little girl to move. Get up, get up. Because we just have to believe. You told us just to lean in and believe. So God, that's what we do today. We, we lean in, we trust you, we, we hear your voice, we we. We slow down enough to be able to hear your voice. Because fear's not an option. If we want to take a step forward in 2019, fear's not an option. We're going to get up and we're going to trust you. We're going to get up and start to move. We're going to get up and do ministry we've never thought possible. We're going to get up and see our marriage come alive. We're going to, we're going to see our, our financial stuff just come alive simply because we're trusting you with it. We're going to get up and see ministry literally move from here to there. We're going to see things that we've never dreamed possible simply because we're trusting you. We're hearing your voice. You're protecting us along the way. We're not going to let fear sneak in. Even when we walk through that valley, God, we're just going to trust you. And maybe we're here for the first time ever. And we don't even know who Jesus is. I just pray you start to prick that person's heart in a way you reveal it through your spirit not through some emotional behavior trait but literally through a radical change of saying God yes Lord for the very first time I want what they have I want this God this amazing God who's who's breathing life into people and changing hearts God that's what we're leaning into we trust you with that today and we just ask for this 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 body these people just to move and we all together we just to leave Cahoon we get up and we go charge the gates of hell squash fear where it stands. So we have a God with this one righteous hand.